0: Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com.
1: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right.
2: The Alarmist has joined Patreon. Patreon subscribers will get access to our content ad-free, as well as our aftermath post-interview discussion and final verdict. We'll also be putting out additional bonus episodes and other fun stuff. Here's a preview of Guest Alarmist, where I step aside and let a guest walk us through a personal tragedy, and together the Alarmist crew figures out who's to blame. This month, Leah Poliot discusses the sisterhood of the traveling disaster. But I, but I do want to say it's like what always happens, too, is that like you have these
1: like, you know, destinations you want to go to. But then something always happens along the way. There's always magic involved.
2: Yeah. What's it's the magic. The,
1: what's such the bummer is that Leah and Sarah didn't get to kind of find those pockets of magic in their... Well, did problems. you? We don't know. Was there a magical moment, even though all this chaos was going on, that you guys think about, like, with fond memories?
0: There was some ravioli that we had when we first got into France. <laughs> That's uh, <great>. And <laughs> that is still magical in my heart. Great. It was the only place open for, uh, before
2: dinner. We got in. It was like three or four at a weird time. Nobody was at this restaurant Best ravioli I've ever had in my entire life. Oh. That's that's I'm great. I'm so happy Just for a, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go to patreoncom slash Alarmist and subscribe today. Now on to our episode. Each week we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy, and each week you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado Smith, and this is the aftermath. The aftermath. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Aftermath. Today, we're speaking with guest expert Josh Woods. Josh is the author of Oh, Monstrous World. He's also a professor of English and host of the podcast The Monster Professor. Let's hear what he has to say about werewolves and their origin. Hi, Josh. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Rebecca. It's a a pleasure to be here.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, you have really committed to the study of monsters. What drew you to devoting so much time into researching werewolves?
1: Yeah, um... werewolves are probably the most popular favorite monster when I talk to people about their, their, when we talk about monsters. And I I always want to know, like, what's your personal favorite monster or (laughs) what monster scared you most as a child? And werewolves are like 60, 70 percent of the answers, interestingly. But but I'm not only a werewolf obsessive uh, I'm I'm monster inclusive so I'm into all sorts of <laughs> monsters I mean I guess I'm as much into like uh, 80s slashers you know uh, from from 80s horror films as I right now as I am anything but what people really want to know right now is what's up with werewolves <laughs> so um, where did all that start I don't know it wasn't honestly until the until I finished my second book and I was going around giving a series of lectures on monsters in literature that I realized I've got a monster issue. Like <laughs> I had no idea my whole life. And then I look back all the way to when I was a little kid and like, oh my God, I've always been obsessed with monsters and I just didn't realize it. And so now I've just accepted that I'm I'm a monster person. <laughs>
2: well we need we need you we need monster people as well you know (laughs) otherwise who would be (laughs) so uh, can you give us a physical rundown of of a werewolf what what are its main characteristics
1: well for uh, there that's a really tough question (laughs) but but because no one ever seems to agree but i think the the standard notion of a werewolf right now is so it's a guy who has been bitten by a previous werewolf don't ask where that one came from and then he's got at, at the under the light of a full moon he transforms into some version of a wolf now it's either He's still humanoid and he's got hair all over him and sharp teeth and his face changes and he's stronger and faster and has no, none of the like uh, ego, super ego control over his like animal instincts. Now, like the most animalistic versions of himself are taken over. So he's not full animal, but he's a beast man and he runs through the fields or the towns at night uh killing people at random although there was one there was one movie that said that in their folklore they said the werewolf when he transforms kills what he loves most Mm -hmm. and that's a shame that that didn't carry on because i think that's a great story (laughs) hook there but um and so the way you stop a werewolf is you got to shoot him with a silver bullet. Okay. Now, the other one that's just as popular as that is the guy turns into an actual wolf and he, run, and he runs around. And that would be a werewolf. And, and there, there are just as many uh, like female lycanthropes in film, at least, as there are male. And so I guess we would, I keep saying a guy, but if it's a woman, then she would be a weef wolf. Because uh, werewolf means man, wolf in Old English. So Old English would be weef wolf. And we have, you know, arguably the very first werewolf on film was a weef wolf. But that's a lost film anyway.
2: Well, I, I, that was my follow-up question. Are they usually male? But uh, it, it can happen to female. Uh, there are weaf wolves
1: absolutely yeah <laughs> I'm yeah, <saying>. and, yeah. <laughs> and they're all over and i mean werewolves with well sorry if i spoiled that for anybody but werewolves within uh trick-or-treat uh the ginger Snap movies uh even some early 1940s movie like cry of the werewolf i think it was and it's just a beautiful beautiful film where she turns into an actual wolf they have on screen or big Big dog,', I don't, but yeah, just as many women as men, so no one's safe
2: right. good to know how how far back in history can we pinpoint the origin of of the werewolf? Uh, when did these creatures start to pop up and 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 how are they depicted uh, at first?
1: yeah, that's so it goes back as far as anything we have recorded from human beings actually (laughs) because if we want to look at it like that like the werewolf i just described is essentially our understanding of a werewolf right now and so i think we look back with those lenses on to find any any other instance of a type of person who turned into some type of animal and so if we're going to look for that and especially any type of person who has turned into a wolf then uh i guess the epic of gilgamesh which is the very first story ever written by humans i mean that's like 6000 years old uh, a guy gets cursed by a goddess a shepherd and she turns him into a wolf they had a breakup back in the day so she's <laughs> she's rather vengeful uh and she turns him into a wolf so he eats his own sheep uh and herodotus uh that would be 400 BC, he was writing more of these tribes of Europeans who would periodically go through these rituals and turn themselves into wolves. And so you have kind of two strains of werewolves. You have those who get involuntarily turned into Mm. uh, a wolf, but by the curse of a god. And then you have tribes that put on say the skin of a wolf or they put on a special belt and they transform themselves into wolves and they go on the hunt like voluntarily Uh, but probably the most famous of the ancient stories would be king Lycaon uh, who angers Zeus by trying to trick him into becoming a cannibal Uh, And he has a weird set of reasons for maybe trying to do that, although it still never explains why that's his revenge on Zeus, but it doesn't work. Zeus gets really mad. Uh, This is Greek mythology, by the way, but we really know about it from Romans. Um, Ovid wrote about it in Metamorphoses. That's the most famous version. So it'd be about eight A.D., something like that. And so he gets, so he angers Zeus and Zeus as a punishment, turns him into a wolf and then floods the whole world to try to kill off everybody else. Wow. (laughs) But King like, and that's where we get our word lycanthrope. It's from King Lycaon. Um, And so, but even then there's some suggestion that the message or like, why, why a wolf? And it has something to do with like the gluttony or greed of tyrants. But now I think we look at wolves at wolves as a as a different kind of symbol, something more like, you know, our most our our most vicious the most vicious versions of ourselves coming through. Now, the tyranny.
2: werewolves they 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 seem to be have been incorporated into fables that were told among uh, farming communities. What was the purpose of these fables?
1: Yeah, a lot well yeah you're you're right to bring up like the farming community of that rule because you don't you don't see you don't see many were alligators in London, because right? <laughs> <laughs> you just don't have that kind of thing. And in fact, when when uh, while there were still wolves in say the UK and in and the in and the islands, uh, you had werewolf stories. And once all the wolves were essentially hunted out of of, say England or Ireland, Scotland, uh then those then they start discounting them you know even even king james is saying oh it's just nonsense witches are real and demons are real but werewolves are just nonsense because they don't have to actually worry about wolves but over in germany or france where you're out strolling late at night and you don't have some sort of weapon on you you might get taken down by wolves uh like then the werewolf stories Aren't probably didn't feel so much like fables to them. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of, of warning. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a dangerous, scary world out there. When you're like right, you know, in the dark, right at the edge of the black forest, and you're hearing. Have you ever, Rebecca? Have you ever been out in the wilderness and have heard like coyotes or any wolves howling or anything? Have it's you?
2: terrifying. Uh, yes, I, I don't spend is- a lot of time in the in the wilderness. I have to be <laughs> honest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, that's probably for the for the best, since since well, you're alarmed about werewolves. But place.
2: here in 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 Los Angeles, the coy ki- uh, we do have coyotes that often uh, come down from uh, the mountain and stroll amongst you know stroll around our neighborhood. So it it, it really is scary once you come upon in the middle of a night uh, a, a coyote or, or some kind of wolf, wolf creature
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you hear that you hear that sound that you know is not just a regular domesticated dog and it and it sends shivers down your spine and you suddenly turn into like all of your modern notions of say scientific materialism and skepticism they all just vanish in an instant and suddenly you're like oh my what kind of thing is that and is it out to get me for no particular reason and so you know of course if you're going to tell tell stories to scare your children which germans love to do or if you're, you're going to tell stories to freak out your party goers which the, the french love to do uh then you're going to bring in those scary those the scariest things that you No nearby
2: so i i i would i would assume that a lot of these stories became so prevalent because of this fear and paranoia about these creatures uh potentially coming into your community and 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 harming not just you and your your children but but your your um your your animals right um these are these were farmers and so it must have been terrifying to reside near the wilderness back uh before there were, you know, before we understood science and um before we understood just all of these um these animal patterns.
1: Yeah, well, I so I think it's still terrifying, even if you do understand. Right. Well, well that's like, why, why I, I don't go there. I mean, even science is 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 no science can't save you or help you, because even science can't say that werewolves aren't real. That would be it would be a really unscientific thing to say that, you know, something doesn't exist. All you can say is we don't have any replicatable data and we have no model for incorporating it. And so it would be cold comfort to know that while your throat is being ripped out by a werewolf saying, well, this isn't very scientifically approved. Like, I don't think that would help me feel very good about it. And so I don't, it's, it's, it, it, these are scary things out there. Or if you're like, no, there are no werewolves, no way. These are just all the people who have been werewolves are, are crazy, violent people. Well, those are just as scary, right? (laughs) I mean, What's the, what's the real difference between like, these say uh, the Scandinavian warriors that would get out on the battlefield and they they would become werewolves. We have a, a historical accounts of these guys putting on either a belt or or the skin of a wolf and becoming a, a either a bear is more popular, the bearserkers, but we also had the wolf men or the wolf warriors. They would turn into these wolves out there and kill people. Maybe they were just really vicious warriors killing people, but that's still just as scary, I would say
2: almost even scarier now we we discovered uh in our, our research that that historically there seems to be a link between uh male sexual deviants and serial killers uh attributing their crimes to being werewolves especially in the 16th and 17th centuries uh what were some of these uh most notable cases
1: oh man the 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 worst of them all and so therefore everybody's favorite who has the dark bent to him i think has got to be peter Stumpf. it looks like a stump uh at least to my eyes but i'll i'll only move over to the correct foreign pronunciation if it's it's a, if it's more, fun to, say. <laughs> it's more <laughs> fun to say i'm told it's peter Stumpf, and this guy was just he he like eight 14 kids and one of them was his own son that he ate his brains out of the skull of his own son. He was, and he was, and he only admitted to being a werewolf after, or during torture. Like I think at that point, they had they did every torture on him until he was finally dead that they they could think of. And so they started out, I think, by drawing him on a rack. And only then did he start saying that he would turn into a wolf. He actually had a special belt at home that the devil gave him to turn him into a wolf. And he would put that on and they would go out. There there were several, he would go and hunt down pregnant women, women, and he would eat the fetuses out of them.
2: Oh, my God, he
1: he he had and at that time he had a a mistress and a daughter, which he hadn't killed yet, but he he had been raping both of them. And so on the trial, they they tortured and executed those two for even being associated with him. But they did. They did everything they could think of. They, they skinned him, they they alive, they pulled his guts out, they burned him alive they, until they finally got rid of him. And they also went, during the trial, they went back to his house to see if they could find that belt, but they, they said they never found it. it. Makes you wonder, why did they want it? <laughs> I,
2: I, well. Don't get the anywhere near me. I can't <laughs> believe that uh, just the, being connected to a werewolf was enough to get you killed.
1: Yeah, they—they will. They, I guess they—I don't know why they felt like they had to torture those two poor women, uh, but—but they—they just wanted to wipe that clean. And—and and this all happened. The—the the actual execution happened on Halloween Day, and so this was in Germany in 50, the 1580s. Am I right about that? I, yeah, so, yeah, 15—1589. Uh, that's what it was. And so that's probably got to be the most infamous. Uh, but there are plenty of others my not my favorite but i, I think the most vicious and so what was this guy cuz he had he had done all these terrible cannibalistic murders and all these horrible things like was he just a psychopath or was he a psychopath that turned actually was a werewolf like, what's the difference other than the way he looks? Like, These are things that a horrifying person or a werewolf would do. And so in that way, like, are werewolves real? Like, I'm not, we know that there are people who let loose their animal sides and do things just as horrible uh, as actual werewolves do. So I don't see the difference.
2: So you're saying they're still amongst us.
1: <laughs> Hey, well, <laughs> I, I'm afraid it might be. Or if we don't have any werewolves anymore, maybe all the werewolf hunters uh, wiped them out for us. So our brave forefathers took them out. We don't have to worry about them anymore. But yeah, there were a lot of werewolf trials. Uh, in some places, they were they were just as popular, if not more uh, than witch trials. Although there wasn't really that big of a distinction between witch and werewolf. for a lot Oh, of
2: people. I- I'm curious what uh, what the connection between Witches and werewolves uh at the time was,
1: yeah. That for for Christians dealing with werewolves, then werewolves were were uh, demonic or witch related, and so they are very often the products of say a, a, a like witch like magic turning someone into a wolf, or or packs with the devil to turn oneself into a wolf. Uh, for the pagans, it was a it was a little bit more of like a a tribal ceremony. It's, I guess what a lot of people might think of and say, um, I don't know, say more of a shamanistic style uh, of transformation. But for for European pagans, it was like putting on. Uh, the something putting on the animal, so you're outwardly embodying your inner animal side Mm. and so and so there would be a lot of like people who would go and and spend one year out of every nine or every seven or or one month out of every nine being a wolf or something like that but yeah but for for the christians it was it was the witch and the and the werewolf or a witch turning in your herself into animals or turning other people into animals uh it was all mixed up in one thing we we'd like having our monsters in separate categories yeah. now uh but but you know the archaic worldview was that if you're you're either a normal person under the grace of god or you're all these other things and and we'll just we don't really care as much as we need to kill you
2: <laughs> so, wow <yeah. laughs> Now, when did vampires and werewolves start to go hand in hand, and 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 what was, what is their relationship like?
1: <laughs> yeah, they, uh, well, I, you know, a, a vampire as a, well, like I said back, back, say, uh, hundreds of years ago, these things were kind of one and the same. But now we think of them as separate. And so I guess in two different ways, like the, there was an old medieval notion, what even a, what even a, what a vampire even is, is actually a really modern thing that Mm. that really didn't come along. We don't really get it until say Bram Stoker's Dracula comes out. But before that, it's this, it's the kind of a recent folktale from Southeastern Europe. Um, and so, well, I'm going to go off track of talking about vampires, but but <laughs> our notions of what a vampire is now is pretty recent. But there, if you look back at what is at the heart of a vampire, it's this body that rises from the grave to stalk the living at night. Well, then that kind of thing stretches as far back as werewolves as well. But the, the two weren't all that different. Like for medievals, um, if you killed a werewolf, uh unless you did all the proper kinds of things to keep it from rising once you killed some guy who was a werewolf he would rise from the grave and he that's how you get vampires and so he would rise as a vampire and stalk the world and so the two were all like all mixed up until we get like Bram Stoker's Dracula and then until we get like the universal monster movies and then they become separate things and so I think they don't end up meeting again until was it the House of Franken? I think it was House of Frankenstein, uh, the universal movie where you get a werewolf and a vampire that are separate from each other meeting. Uh, and so
2: wow. Yeah. Now I, we were discussing on our episode uh, or, or really we were struck by how in in popular culture, when it comes to vampires and werewolves, vampires seem to be um, seen as the sexier monster. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Why is that?
1: <laughs> is that what you think? I don't. A vampire I, person.
2: No, honestly, I. But but I just there. There's something. Uh, you know, you don't see a ton, and maybe I'm just not well versed in the in the werewolf, uh, cinema. Um, but <laughs> you seem to see more of uh, like vampires. Is it the sucking of the blood? Is it the you know? There, there's more of a connection to 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 women now in 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 film, um, but we were just curious maybe maybe we're totally wrong maybe werewolves are just as sexy as
1: vampires (laughs) well i mean the the it would make sense i guess since the at at the heart of the vampire story it's about seduction at some point yes exactly the vampire you have to you have to invite the vampire in and so you're either hypnotized and you do it or you do it on purpose, like you want the vampire in your room at night, and then it's a very sensual thing, and like sucking on your neck and drawing forth the yes. blood and all that stuff, and, and often in your bed at night, kind of thing. And so maybe that's just inherently sexier than being chased through the woods while you're <laughs> screaming and running through the briars. Yeah, that's definitely. But not... some people are it. Some people are into that too. So if you like being more pursued <laughs> and hunted than seduced, then maybe werewolves are your are your thing. <laughs>
0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Now,
2: is it possible that some uncommon, unexplainable uh, medical condition of the time led to all of these people being misdiagnosed as as having some kind of werewolf ailment um if so what were some of these these ailments and and does that explain history's confusion
1: yeah, I think the short answer is no way. <laughs> <That means they've laughs> even come close. But they tried, right? these There are a lot of modern folks who who have tried doing that kind of thing. like uh we have now what we call medical or clinical like lycan- uh, lycanthropy, which okay. are essentially it's just categorized as a as a delusion. Uh, uh, that someone thinks, you know, I'm a wolf and I have to run around on all fours and try to chew other people's necks off. And so we have, I think there have been, I think the National Institute Library of Medicine said something like 43 cases in recorded history of people being diagnosed as this kind of thing. Um, but, and then there are various diseases like the one where, uh, where hair grows on your face. Um, there was another doctor in the late sixties, early seventies who thought that there was this, um, this buildup of of toxins in your body gives you symptoms that match up with werewolf folklore and you know i I went back and read his paper and he's pretty good on werewolf folklore but nothing matches up to those symptoms (laughs) (laughs) and so and you know those folks with the with that disease where you have hair on your face i don't know of any of them being more violent uh, i would say even less so than average people so i don't think anything comes close to scientifically explaining it Other than if you're going to go something like cases like Peter Stumpf, where you've got psychopaths who people want to know, you know, and so he doesn't, of course, say this kind of stuff until he's under torture. People, I think, want to have an answer. Like why are you so evil? Mm-hmm. And then when he finally gives them the answer of, "Oh, I turn into a wolf," and then they're like, "Fine." You know, <laughs> perhaps that would have made people happier about Jeffrey Dahmer if we had known he's not one of us; he's one of them, and so that that makes us sleep easier at night or something. Uh, but so, yeah, I think the short answer is the the only the only way to really understand a werewolf is because they're werewolves. Yeah, <laughs> or we just made up stories about werewolves. One or the other, but I don't think modern medicine helps us that much.
2: <laughs> uh, now, in our correspondence, you mentioned that there there's a full moon that's coming up very close to Christmas, and mm-hmm. and uh, that's also when this episode will be released around that time. What is what is the werewolf connection to to full moons, and what should we be looking out for? During the next few days.
1: <laughs> oh, that's it. That's a good question. Um, so the con- the connection to full moons is, well, right now the way the way, even if you're infected or cursed as a werewolf, you don't actually turn into it like at at lunch at, while you're at work, right? You have to wait till at night and the full the light from the full moon hits you. And that's just entirely an invention of of movies uh, at Universal Studios in particular. They hadn't even developed that idea in the very first Wolf actually well, the very first universal was 1935 werewolf of London, but that wasn't really popular and it was kind of it's kind of a dumb movie, but then Wolfman uh, 1940 41 yeah 1941 with Lon Chaney Jr like the famous universal monster even then it wasn't a full moon it was just an autumn moon and they didn't even show the full moon transforming him in that one and so it wasn't until a later sequel i think werewolf or frankenstein meets wolfman that they changed like the little curse poem that the that the welsh people go around saying and change it to full moon because it just looks better on screen like uh oh there's the full moon and now (laughs) here comes the werewolf Uh, You can you can try really hard to go back and say some ancient folklore stories or find some mention of moon and werewolf together. But it's it's really an invention of the silver screen. And so same thing with with silver as well. Um, But the what to look out for? Well, on Christmas, there is at least one werewolf uh, in cinema history that it turns into a werewolf because Well, of of cruelty that led up to his birth uh, of various human beings just being cruel to each other. But what really kicks it is he's born on Christmas Day. Mm. And so if you're born on Christmas Day, that's what turned him into or that's what gave him the curse of the werewolf. Uh, And so that was a hammer film. uh, uh, Curse of of the werewolf. Um, And that's where that's as far as I know, by the way, you can't find this on the internet anywhere, so if anybody's going to try to find out where was the first silver bullet to shoot a werewolf or to kill a werewolf, they're going to have to refer to your show to find this out. <laughs> that It was 1961 Hammer Films' Curse of the Werewolf. That's where the, the adoptive father of this werewolf turns a silver crucifix that had been blessed by an archbishop, I think it was, into a bullet to shoot the werewolf to kill him cuz it, it silver bullets don't show up anywhere else uh before that wow and so that's a pretty recent thing too so what to look out for is well i guess lock your doors <laughs> keep an eye on your family members, and then keep an eye on yourself to see if you have any any signs that you might be the werewolf that you, mm. you're afraid of.
2: Really, really good tips. Um, <laughs> is there anything that we haven't discussed that you think is a, a, important for us to know when when trying to understand uh, werewolves and 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 the origins of werewolves as well as their lasting legacy?
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, the, I think they're, I think they're a great, I think they're a great monster to, I've been trying to figure out like why, why is the werewolf the favorite monster of so many people by a large margin? And I think it's it's the it's the perfect example of the kind of monster that we all get, because you have an animal side in you, Rebecca, like you have a vicious wolf in your heart somewhere. We all do (laughs) like a puppy (laughs) (laughs) for now, but you never know when that you it's in there, maybe. And maybe it's way, way in the back room. But we all have it, and so that 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 thing can come out of you. That that you can like see them, the outward embodiment of that inner animal inside of you. I think it makes so much sense to people, uh, and that that you can like a lot of our modern civilized notions of of who we are, or being a good person. Like, what if all that could get stripped away in, in one bad night, and that could happen to any of us right and so that the idea of a werewolf is just that beautiful and again that didn't really start showing up until the movies you know the the wolfman 1941 is really ripping off jekyll and hyde that was probably the origin of like of the story of someone like you're trying to be a good person but then your worst side takes over because you haven't been properly say incorporating your dark side with your good side and so it just takes over and so, but, but the, when the wolf, the werewolf stories essentially through the movies kind of combined all that, it's just one fantastic image. Um, and so I would say, I don't know if that's, I don't know what that was an answer or a lesson or <laughs> <laughs> I just, I guess that's just a, a, my painting of the picture of what makes the werewolf so appealing.
2: So we always ask our guest experts this question. At the end of the day, if you had to pick a person or thing, it could be a concept that you think is to blame for the origins of werewolf folklore, who or what would that be?
1: That's a good question. I think my first instinct is to say werewolves are to blame. (laughs)
2: werewolves themselves
1: yes if you're gonna have werewolves maybe are the problem or the reason we have werewolves so shame on them (laughs) but uh, i would say uh, you know and and uh, others could debate this with me and and i think there's room for debate but as far as i can tell like the we look at werewolves or what a werewolf is with lenses that that universal Studios and hammer films gave us like it i think it's a i think it's a, essentially a cinematic monster and for all sorts of reasons it looks really cool you get transformation moments right and so we we have this idea of what a werewolf is now this thing that's like the darker animal Animal side of a person turning into a beast like we look with those lenses back at any instance of things that seem to match up to our modern like a movie notion of a werewolf so I would blame the movies yeah. or the werewolves or perhaps the animalistic side of human nature I don't know if you I've if I had to pick one I guess I would go movies but I don't know Wow. Those are my three answers. Anyway. We
2: are going to have a lot to discuss after this because <laughs> we definitely took it in a different direction.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm really curious. And I, I'm really curious what what alarms you. By the way, your podcast oh. is a brilliant idea. It's a wonderful podcast. And all the way down to the name, like The Alarmist. That's so good.
0: <laughs> oh, thank so, you, Josh. And, well, and
1: I'm, I'm curious, what alarms you about werewolves?
2: Well, I, I will say the, um, what we, the, the direction the conversation went and what we ended up sending to the alarmist jail was social order, and we slapped unexplained, the paranoia around unexplained medical conditions. I think we were <laughs> assuming that werewolves perhaps are not real, but... After this conversation, I might beg to differ.
1: Oh man, so the, I could totally see where you're going with that. Like, but social order is interesting. So is that like the? Are you thinking like the repressive force of of social order, and then letting that's what brings out the animal in us? Is that where you're going?
2: I was thinking, or uh, we were thinking, it was more of our need to control this social order, and and thinking uh. more of communities uh, wanting to use these monsters in in their fables, and and and. and, and in order to kind of uh, speak to the morality of of the time um
1: oh yeah so... that makes a lot that makes a lot of <laughs> sense because i mean you didn't like when the in Europe i mean essentially the werewolf is a, is a european of a european monster but during when the church was in was like when it was christendom in europe before the protestant reformation you didn't have witch hunts you didn't have witch burnings like these were banned you didn't have beliefs in where well you did but you had to keep them hush hush right because they were like rural folklore kinds of things or old pagan things and so because we had the social order we had the answer for everything morally or otherwise and then once that broke apart in about 1500, and then you've got essentially the Protestant Reformation, all the pagan stuff rises up, and then the witch hunt starts, and then the werewolf hunts start, and then all the stories rise to the surface. And so once that kind of social, that version of social order broke down, then we're going to bring in the the monster version of social <laughs> order. So you might be <laughs> on to something with that.
2: Well, thank you so much, Josh, for speaking to us. And uh, for all of your incredible insight on, on this very scary monster.
1: Well, it's been, it's been my pleasure. And so as Christmas rolls around or the, or the full moon roll around, just keep an eye out and keep those doors locked and, <laughs> and keep some silver <laughs> on hand. Best of Thank- luck to you.
2: <laughs> if you'd like to hear our post interview discussion and final verdict, head over to Patreon and subscribe. Your support is greatly appreciated. Check out our show notes for a link or head over to patreon.com slash The Alarmist. And stay tuned because next week we're going to be discussing the mysterious disappearance of Malaysian Airlines Flight 370.
0: The Alarmist.
2: Powered by Acast.